Jeremiah chapter 17, starting at verse 5. If you're there, say amen. If you, if you ain't there, say hold on. I know ain't not a word, but I use it. We in East Texas, you know what I'm saying? Oh, let me pull my sleeves up. I got a feeling there's going to be a little fight tonight. Somebody's about to be set free tonight. And the word of the Lord reads, Thus says the Lord, Curse is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed. Somebody say blessed. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. What about that fire? But its leaves will be green. And it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, it's not by might. And it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, thus saith the Lord. We need you in this place. Breathe on them, my king. Breathe right now, Lord. We need you in this time right now because there is a struggle. There is a fight, Lord God. But I know that the victory has already been won. So give me the grace I need, Father God, to be a blessing to your children in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Man, let me tell you something, man. I, I really did not want to preach this one right here. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because this is about the flesh. And see, every day in the home, we go over the flesh, flesh versus spirit. But then it came to my mind that that is the way that the devil has been whooping us all along. See, one of my brothers, he, he revealed to me, I guess about two weeks ago, he said, Ken, this is the scheme of the enemy. He said, anybody who yields to the flesh or walk according to the flesh, those are the ones that the devil is using to sow discord amongst the brethren. And it's causing division. Because a house divided, not only can it can't, but it won't. It cannot stand. And so let me tell you a little bit of um, history in this right here, just in this little, in the past couple days, what, what has transpired. Well, um, my brother Elliot, he sent me a text message, and he took a, a screenshot of uh, he took a picture of of verse of Jeremiah 17 verses 5 and 6 so I read it on my phone I didn't go to it in my Bible so the next morning I get up I pray I'm having my, my morning uh, time with the Lord and I just open up my Bible and guess where it lands Jeremiah 17 but this time it's 7 and 8 so me and Elliot are the only two who have discuss these two these these scriptures then all of a sudden now this all happened on monday me on tuesday and then on tuesday evening my brother cody 
sends a text message to Elliot and said, look, man, God sent me to Jeremiah 5, I mean, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Now, I was going to preach on something else. I had a sermon ready and everything, and then God brought me right back to Jeremiah 17 today. And I was like, Lord, I only have a few hours. And he said, son, I'm with you. The devil don't have to do anything, anything different. Now I'm going to go over here to, to verse 5 of Jeremiah 17. It says, thus saith the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. And what the flesh does is it begins to trust in man and it begins to trust in itself. Now, here's what you have to understand, that man is the resource, but God is the source. And the problem is we begin to look at man as the source. And when he gives us an answer that we don't like, then it runs us out of the things of God. Cursed is the man who puts his faith in man. God makes it very clear in scripture, very, very clear in scripture. Do not put your trust in man. No matter what Pastor Raymond say, no matter what Zach say, Ellie say, you can talk bad about me. I can have these crazy thoughts about leaving, but I'm staying put. Why? Because my faith is in God. He's the one that called me here and he is the one that's going to keep me here. If you were to go to as a matter of fact, y'all don't even have to go there. Psalms 146, verse 3 in the world, Lord reads. It says, don't put your confidence in powerful people. I don't care how much money they got, how much prestige they got, how much popularity they got. The Bible says, do not put your confidence in man. It says, there is not any help there. And number two, Psalms 118.9 in the world, Lord reads. It says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Number three, Isaiah 2, verse 22, when the word Lord reads, it says, don't put your trust in mere humans. They are as frail as breath. What good are they? Now keep in mind, they are the resource, but they are not the source. In Psalms 33, 16, 20, in the world, Lord reads, it says, no king is saved by the size of his army. No king is saved by the size of his army. And no warrior escapes by his great strength, because like I said, it's not by power. And it's not by might, it's by his spirit. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord, quit putting your faith in man. A horse is a vain hope for the deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help, and he is our shield. In 5, Psalm 60, 11, it says, Oh, please help us against our enemies. For all human help is useless. The demons that we're fighting, 
the battle that we're fighting. They are not carnal. We do not war against flesh and blood. But we war against principalities, rulers of the darkest who we wrestle against. And the weapons that we have, they are not carnal, but they are strong and mighty for tearing down strongholds. I'm sorry, but man can't help me. My trust is in the Lord. The Bible says to wait upon the Lord for my strength will be renewed. And I will mount up on wings like eagles, and I will run, and I will not, will not, and I will not grow weary, and I will walk, and I will not faint. I can't mount up on no man. I'm sorry. I mount up on eagles' wings because my faith is in the Lord, and I will wait on Him. I trust Him. And whatever you do, somebody say, whatever you do. Turn to your neighbor and say, whatever you do, do not put your faith in yourself, in your flesh. The flesh is the old man. He was the old man before I was ever saved. That is who he is. And I definitely can't put my faith in him. He's let me down too many times. I have let myself down more than my mama. I have let myself down more than my daddy, more than any girlfriend that cheated on me ever did. I've cheated on myself way more. You can't hurt me more than I've hurt myself. The flesh. Man, I'm learning more and more about the flesh every day. Every day, and I'm watching my brothers fall left and right, and my sisters about to make bad decisions because of the flesh. All caught up in their feelings. Y'all know what I say about feelings, right? What I say about feelings? Feelings are for cakes and pies. Now, we do have them, but God does not want us to make any life changing decisions of no feelings. You can look back at every bad decision you've ever made just about in your whole life and you can sit back and you can think, I made that decision based on the way I felt at that time right there. Mm. The flesh, the natural man's way of thinking and that way of thinking, it desires my what? It decides my actions and my character. Man, y'all supposed to back me up on that, man. <laughs> I'm going to get on to y'all. All y'all got discipline. Psalms 119 for that one. <laughs> the flesh. The flesh. The only people that the devil can use are those that walk according to the flesh. The flesh, man, it reaps corruption. The flesh, man, it reaps death. The flesh, man, it causes division. Flesh, man, it gossips and slanders. It's the flesh. Go to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Man, I know I shouldn't have wore this sweater. It's hot. And you know, I, I'm, you know in a minute, I'm going to get to jumping around and running around, so... <laughs> Romans 7, verse 14. And the word of the Lord reads, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, sold into the bondage to sin. 
For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing that I hate. So what Paul is saying is that the, that the law is spiritual. The law is good. The problem is not with the law. The problem is with me. For I got to deal with this flesh constantly. It's a war that is inside of me that goes on constantly. The flesh is warring against the spirit. The old men, the, the old me against the new me. I can't help it. It's the flesh I'm battling against. We always want to blame stuff on the devil. The problem is you. When I looked in the mirror and took the responsibilities for my own actions, because the devil can't make me do nothing, he ain't got that much power. When I looked in the mirror and I looked at myself and I realized, Ken, you are the problem. I don't understand myself. The good that I want to do, I can't even do it. And I'm going to keep preaching this until you get it. Until the devil quit using you. Man, we're going somewhere. This church, man, we're going somewhere. And the devil will love nothing more than to shut us down, to shut us up and close this place down. But get this. Here's what I'm starting to realize. Nothing on the outside of this building can hurt us. You know what's been hurting us? We have. And I'm sick and tired of it. We've been defeating ourselves. And it's the flesh. Because we refuse to crucify it. The devil's sitting there laughing. Man, I remember this football game, man. Uh, we were playing against this team, and I was a wide receiver, right? And we kept running an eight cut back to the right side, right? And we scored every time we ran that play. And I said, Coach, give me the ball, give me the ball. He said, why in the world would I run another play when we're scoring every time running the ball to the right side? The devil ain't got to do nothing different. He can keep running the same old play because you won't change up that right side. In verse 16, but if I do the very thing that I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. Somebody say in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. Which means I want to do good, but when I try to do it, I can't. And, and to say I can't, it suggests that, that I really don't have a choice in the matter when I'm in the flesh. Let me tell you something about the flesh, man. It's dangerous. It's unpredictable. That's why I keep people at bay, away from me, that walk according to the flesh because I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to say. I don't even know what I'm going to do and what I'm going to say. Paul says it like this. I can't, I don't understand myself. Here I am serving the Lord and I keep on doing the very thing that I don't want to do. And I know y'all have heard me say this before, but change. Keep y'all on the milk until you graduate to a steak. And steak is good. I like my medium rare prime rib. <laughs> it says, for the good that I want, I do not do. But I practice the very evil 
that I do not want. Now, let me tell you something about the flesh. <laughs> There's one thing that Paul left out. He's talking about the things that he don't want to do. He continued to do it. But how about the things that you do want to do that you know good and well? You ain't got no business doing. I don't think you heard me. I said, how about the thing that you like to do, the very thing that you think about doing, that you know good and well you ain't got no business doing, and you know that it's wrong, but you keep on doing that very thing? Thank you, brother. But if I am doing the very thing that I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it. But sin which dwells in me. Verse 21, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. But I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks to be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then on the one hand, myself with my mind am serving the law of God. But on the other hand, with my flesh is the law of sin. The flesh. The flesh is a beast. Untamed. See, we must learn to discern when we're in the flesh. We go over it every day. Because the flesh, it'll dress itself up and it'll look very spiritual. But see, it, it, has, it has a form of godliness. See, the flesh has a form of godliness, but it will deny the power that can change them. And not only discern when we're in the flesh, but discern when somebody else is in the flesh. The flesh is hostile to anything of God. I want to take y'all to Jonah. I'm going to show y'all. I'm going to give y'all, we're going to paint a pretty picture of what it looks like when you get around somebody that's in the flesh. Now I need you to bring this up on the screen because I want them to see this one. Let me tell you something. God want to do some things in your life and God want to take you some places. But because of some of the people that you allow in your life and to speak into your ear, you'll never make it. And you will not receive what God has for you. And it ain't got nothing to do with you. It got everything to do with you not telling that person to get out of my boat. Well, I told him when he gets to Jonah, then I'll get to drink some water. So... Jonah 1. And the word of the Lord reads. The word of the Lord came from Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up to me. So here you have God trying to make a kingdom move. Bring a people to repentance. To get saved, he's trying to make a kingdom move here. Amen. He says, arise and go to Nineveh. But, but Jonah, who's in the flesh, rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa. 
Now, let me tell you something. Jonah rose up, rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord. How many times have you been called to do something for God? And instead of you doing what God has called you to do, you flee. And you went, you rose up to do that very thing and you went down. Because if you, no matter if you go left, right, up, up, the only way you are going when you go against God is down. And Jonah rose up to do his own thing and went down. He went down to Joppa and found a ship which is going to Tarshish. And paid the fare. Somebody say paid the fare. Do you know that every time you run from God, it's going to cost you something? Hmm. When you're disobedient to what God has told you to do, it is going to cost you something. It may cost you your family. It may cost you your job. It may cost you your mind. But it will always cost you something. And it went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, here you got these group of guys, these sailors, on their way to Tarshish. And they all of a sudden let Jonah in their boat. (laughs) They let Jonah in their boat. And then the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break. Now, here you got Jonah on these sailors' boat. He was never supposed to be on there. Now, all of a sudden, God throws a great wind, a great storm upon the sea that was about to tear the boat up. Now, let me tell you something. These sailors were on their way to Tarshish. And guess what? Because they allowed Jonah into the boat, they almost didn't get there. Why? Because God hurled a storm upon the sea that was going to tear the boat up. Some of y'all have allowed people into your life and y'all are dealing with a storm that was never meant for you. You have allowed somebody to whisper something in your ear that has caused a storm in your life that was never meant to be there. You have called somebody to gossip around you. Now all of a sudden there's a storm in your life that was never meant to be there. You've allowed somebody that is in the flesh into your boat. And now you're dealing with a storm that was never meant for you. Hmm. Say get out of my boat. And then the sailors, they became afraid. Every man cried to his God and they threw cargo, which was in the ship, into the sea to lighten it for them. (laughs) Isn't it crazy how we try to throw all these different things out of the boat? We try to get rid of a, we try to get rid of addiction, depression, and we get rid of the addiction, but the storm is still there. We get rid of the anxiety, but guess what? The storm is still there. We get rid of the depression. But the storm is still there. Because instead of us getting rid of the person, we're trying to get rid of some things. Trying to hold on to the person. I'm going to tell you why you try to hold on to the people. Because you're in your feelings. (laughs) Because you're in your feelings. Trying to hold on to that girlfriend that ain't no good. Trying to hold on to that boyfriend 
Ain't no good. Trying to hold on to that homeboy. You know he's trying to convince you to cheat on your wife all the time. Get rid of him. That person, that friend that's always trying to gossip and this, that, and the other, he ain't talking about nothing kingdom. Get rid of him. Get rid of her. I'm telling you. I'm trying to help somebody in here. Seriously. But Jonah, this is what Jonah did. There's a storm. Now, here you got these sailors fighting against this storm. And look what Jonah did. It says, but Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship, laying down and falling sound asleep. Because when you allow somebody in your life that is in the flesh, they are lame or don't know any better or don't know that the storm that you're going through, they're the ones causing it. So you know what they do? They're absent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I actually said that right. I was looking for some words that sounded sophisticated, but I couldn't come up with them. Because I'm, I'm not that sophisticated. In verse 6, so the captain approached him and said, how is it that you are sleeping? Get up and call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Each man said to his mate, come, let us cast lots so we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us now on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation and where and where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men became extremely frightened and they said to him, how could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they said to him, what should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? And he said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. And however, the men rode desperately to, to return to land, but they could not. Here's what, here's what tripped me out. <laughs> they knew who the problem was, and they even knew what to do. But they had got caught up in their feelings, too, because they had built a relationship with Jonah. And my brother Corey laced me up on this. That was the reason why he was able to go into the boat of the ship and go in there and take a nap is because they trusted him. And because they had built a relationship with him, they didn't want to throw him over the boat, even though he, stays, even though he told them, I am the problem. And some of you know who the problem is, but you just don't want to throw them over the boat. Yeah, I'm looking at you. You don't want to throw them over the boat because you've gotten caught in your feelings. And then finally, they throw them over the boat and the storm stopped. How many of y'all have been somebody's Jonah and they had to throw you over the boat? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm looking at a room full of them. <laughs> yeah, 
Go back to Jeremiah 17. That was a perfect example of allowing somebody that was in the flesh into your life. Man, they can destroy your life. They can keep you from getting what God has for you, and they will keep you from going where God is trying to take you if you allow them into your life and don't throw them off the boat. You know, I love y'all, right? Y'all my family for real. I mean, for real, for real. I love each and every one of y'all. Man, I pray for y'all, and sometimes I cry for y'all. And here lately, man, I've been praying for y'all, and I've been crying for y'all. In verse 6 of chapter 17, and the word Lord reads, For he will be like a bush in the desert, (laughs) and he will not see when prosperity comes but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a sand of salt without inhabitant. For he will be like a bush in the desert, and he will not see when prosperity comes. Let me tell you what the flesh will do. The flesh will blind you of your, not just your blessing, but of your position of being blessed. Do you know that your position in life is blessed? That is your position. I can prove it to you. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. I can prove it to you. Ephesians chapter 2. I flip straight through it. Come on, somebody. Amen. And the word Lord reads in chapter 2, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us, position, he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Your position is blessed. And when you are blind because of the flesh, you can't even see that. And if you don't believe me about the position, go to Colossians chapter 1. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 13. And where the Lord reads. For he rescued us from the domain from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Some of us don't know how to live blessed. And we definitely don't know how to live in the kingdom. Yes. Now you're in the kingdom. You are sitting right in the middle of blessings, man. I'm a right slap dead in the middle of blessings, and you're in the flesh, so you can't even see it. Because you choose to walk by faith and not by sight. But blessed is the man who hasn't seen but still believes. Because, see, what, even when you can't see it, God is still blessing you. Even when you don't feel it, God is still blessing you. And the problem is, if you don't see it, then you don't believe it. It's not dead in the kingdom. And I, just, I just don't get it. Blessed. Blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings. I'm about to get Adam up here in a rapid. Blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings. And can't even see it. Don't even realize it's a blessing you woke up this morning. Don't even realize it's a blessing you got uh, 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 
movement in your fingers. Get this. Get this. Get this. Some of you are trying to get your kids back, and you are so blind you can't even see that a woman on the front row has got her kids back, and God is no respect of a person. The same thing that he did for her, he'll do it for you, and you are too blind to even see it. <laughs> I was a dope fiend too. Came right up out of, out of came right off the streets with some uh Hospital scrubs on with the hospital band still on my wrist. I had OD'd. And now I'm preaching the gospel. Now I got my family back. Now I've been set free. Now I'm on fire for Jesus. And the same thing he did for me, he will do it for you. You are blessed. You are blessed, man. But you blind because you're in the flesh. Letting the devil play tricks on your mind. Getting bit by snakes and snake eggs, my brother Elliot calling, is, is, is sitting up in you right now, waiting to hatch. The enemy all up in your ear. Did God really tell you that you couldn't eat from that tree? He's in your ear right now. Does Pastor really love you? Is he really for you? Am I really supposed to be here? He said something that I don't like. I don't think I'm even supposed to be here. He's making me do something I don't even want to do. I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Forgetting the whole time that the steps of a man are established by the Lord. But you get so caught up in your feelings because you're in the flesh. And so you can't even see the blessings that... I'm serious. I'd hate having to talk people off the off the fence, off the cliff. I'm like, you're blessed, but I gotta go get a job, and I gotta go to you. I got child support. You, you sixty thousand dollars behind on child support. <laughs> you ain't had a job in seven years. You've been clean for a week, and now all of a sudden you gotta go get a job and go pay child support. Okay, flesh. They treat me out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But they can't even see it. But they can't even see. But they can't even see it. They can't even see it. Let's go back to Jeremiah. Let's go back to Jeremiah. That's my boy. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17 and verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 8. Hey, this is my first time preaching with the, uh, with the screen. You know, I'm a little raw, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> unorthodox, I, was, I, I must say myself, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, in verse 7, the world Lord reads. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Somebody say, trust in the Lord. And whose trust is the Lord. The Bible says to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. But acknowledge him in all of our ways. But it's so hard for us to lean on him and to, and to, and to consult with him in all of our ways because we in the flesh. We think we know better. We think we can do it better than God. We can't trust him. Why? Because we don't see him. Why? Because you don't know him. You won't spend no time with him. The only way you're going to trust him is if you know him. You don't want to spend no time with him. You don't want to read the word. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? Hearing of the word of God. And whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But his leaves will be green. Even in the fire, the leaves will be, will be green. And it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. For he will be like a tree planted by the waters. Because he that meditates on the word day and night, see everything he do, it will prosper. See, the Bible says to, to, to live off every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word. The problem is we don't want to live off every word. We pick and choose and we leave out the ifs and the end. If you do that, like seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto thee. We want to add it unto thee, but we don't want to seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. It says to delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, but you don't want to delight in the Lord. He says, seek him and you will find him. You want to find him, but you don't want to seek. And it will not be anxious in a year of drought. Man, we're going through a hard time right now. It's being real. We we all know it. We're here. This is a time of war, man, a time of, let's just say, a drought. And only those that are connected to the vine. Jesus Christ, those are the ones that are going to continue to produce fruit in the wilderness. Fruit. Somebody say some fruit. Give me some fruit. Go to, uh, go to Galatians chapter 5. Go to Galatians chapter 5. So what is this fruit? That the Bible is talking about. We're going to go to verse 22. And the word Lord reads. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Worship team, y'all come on and come up. (laughs) Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Somebody say self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So how will we know that they are Christians? We will know them by their the fruit. The fruit. You will know them by their fruit. The fruit is a manifestation or the action of of what's, of what's on the inner man. You have the love, you have the peace, you have the joy, you have all of this. But what are you doing? Can we see it? Is it apparent? Is it manifesting? And in this time of dryness, in this time of war, are you bearing any fruit? Are you bearing any fruit? You will know them by the fruit. Go to John. Chapter 15. I'm going to tell you how you continue to bear fruit. 
15, starting at verse 1, where the Lord reads. It says, I am the true vine, talking about Jesus. And it says, my father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, takes away, I've heard people preach it. And, and, and they would think that what God is doing is he was, he's completely taking you away from the vine. But that is not what they're saying. See, to take away, in the Greek, the word is arios, which means to lift up. So what happens is when a vine breaks free, I mean, when a branch breaks free of the trellis, which is the trellis is the thing that they tie the vines on, I mean, the branches on, in order for them to grow straight because they have a tendency to grow down, they'll break the tie. And the branch will naturally grow down into the mud. And because it's in the mud and it's not getting the, the sun that it needs, it won't bear any fruit. So what the vine dresser does is he goes by and he lifts up the branch and he cleans it off and he ties it back up to the trellis so that that branch right there can begin to bear fruit. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Now, I know that it seems like there's people that's leaving. There's things that are being cut away. But this is what has to happen. It has to happen. So that, so that we can grow even stronger. It says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. And you are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So in this time, man, I know we're struggling. I know it's hard. But cling to Jesus. Abide in him and him and you in faith. And you will bear much fruit. You will be the light of the world. And you will be the salt of the earth and so in this world man full of hate and full of racism we should manifest love the church we should we should be the one that manifests in love and in a world full of depression and anxiety we should manifest joy yes we should and in a world man full of fighting wars and division we should be the ones manifesting peace. You will know them by their fruit. And in a world full of chaos, man, we should manifest patience, goodness, and kindness. And in a world full of adultery, man, we should manifest faithfulness. And in a world that gratifies the flesh, we should manifest self-control. You will know them according to the spirit it is time now for us to bear much fruit much fruit not just a little bit much fruit 
So he says, abide in me and I in you. He made the way. There ain't nothing you can do good enough to go to him. It's only by the blood of Jesus. It is only by the blood of Jesus. It is only by the blood of Jesus. He made the way. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And nobody comes to me. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. I mean, we're going through a hard time right now. And you need to be showing one another love. And when somebody come to you and start that garbage, you shut it down. You shut it down. We're going somewhere. And the devil want to shut us down. So I'm going to leave y'all with this one word right here. I love y'all. But shut up. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now the altar's open.